Okay, so yeah, we are recording right now. Okay, so thank you for joining today's event. And I'm going to present gamification. Um, and today we, uh, I'm going to share with you some of the some of my knowledge about um, the audience, millennials and Gen Z, and also a little bit of our current situation. Okay, so let's do it. Okay, so a little bit about me. I've been working as a UX UI designer for 11 years, and uh, there are a lot of uh, challenging projects. And I also worked a lot of apps or website that requires gamification. So that's why I start learning uh, a lot about points, badges, and leaderboards. And my, the most challenging project for me was OPIC 360. Uh, it is a 360 product, like a camera attached to your phone. And then so you can take a photo, um, take 360 videos, and instantly share to your social media, like Facebook, um, Twitters. So yeah, so that was my most challenging project. I got like 500K budget to create a USA, USA brand, a, an American brand website app branding marketing for a Chinese startup. Pretty much I manage 11 people in USA and another 10 to 20 people in China. So it was the most, I consider my most challenging project so far. And I got another fun project, which I was the lead UX UI designer for Breaker app. And uh, I was creating an interesting navigation system for the app. It was uh, kind of like a video streaming app for uh, independent artists using blockchain technology. So pretty much I was the lead UX UI designer and they even invite me to New York and had uh, kind of like two days workshop with the whole team. And it was a really interesting and uh, very fun experience. And the largest fundraising project that I've done was I was the lead uh, designer for Agency 2.0. And back in 2016, uh, that was my first crowdfunding project. I was helping a campaign called MicroDrone 3.0. Um, yeah, uh, crowdfund, um, like create a crowdfunding campaign uh, on Indiegogo. Um, and then, yeah, it was pretty successful. Uh, we crowdfund $3.5 million uh, during that time. So yeah, so that's a little bit about me. And then, yeah, right now in 2020, COVID. Uh, due to COVID, everyone is staying home and all the stores are closed. And uh, people, the majority of people, we are doing the remote work. And uh, the students, we are doing e-learning. And uh, when we do the meeting, like right now, we are doing the e-meeting and we are all practicing social distance. And the reason why I want to talk about gamification and the whole environment is because, because of COVID. A lot of people said that COVID accelerate their, um, um, the business digital transformation. Because right now, every business requires a website, right? Because all the store, mom and pop shops are, has to uh, close. Uh, 
So that's why every business start migrating have to, they had to migrate their uh, business uh, into a digital format. So yeah, and then uh, right now, our current manpower or man, human resource, human source are millennials and Gen Z. Yeah, because um, yeah, they are starting to be kind of like the mainstream human power in the society. And gamification is pretty much fit. They're kind of like characters and then fits the whole COVID situation. So I love to kind of share more of my knowledge about this part. Yeah, so what is gamification? Uh, gamification uh, is that gamification is really different from game. Game is like, okay, so for example, like um, Final Fantasy, Mario Kart, is purely having fun and without any actual, like it's not serious. It's more like um, you play and you enjoy it and you can leave anytime, right? If you don't feel motivated, you, you don't like it, you can leave. So there's no, you know, like actual value. I mean, but in game, you will be kind of like really motivated, but outside of game, you probably won't get anything out of it. Um, yeah, but as for gamification, they are pretty much using the, oh, uh, oh someone is coming. Uh, let me add the person. Okay, so as for gamification, pretty much uh, it's using game mechanics, game element uh, to implement in a task, which is not game, but yeah, implement those uh, game element. We can talk about it later. So gamification, it's not a game. It's, use, it's using something that is not related to game, but putting all the game elements into it. Yeah, and then millennials and Gen Z have become the primary target for gamification. Okay, so let's talk about some early examples for gamification. For example, like the Boy Scout, um, you know, um, right now people give a lot of, they, they can receive a lot of badges and those badges motivate them to do better, to do more. So this is um, the early gamification. People like the Boy Scouts, they work hard and they earn something. And this is the social aspects of the gamification. We will talk it later. And then also, American Airlines introduced the first frequent flyer programs. So for example, if um, someone get fly 100 miles, they can uh, ex in exchange like some points. And those points can get them some discount tickets or discount uh, hotel or some, you know, some, they can get some discounts. So it, encourage people to um, to fly more and then in order to get more discount. And also the third um, examples will be uh, McDonald's. McDonald's, they um, had another campaign long time ago. It's called Monopoly. Pretty much uh, you purchase something, right? And you, you purchase McDonald's item and they will give you probably like two tokens um, on, the, on each item. 
and you will get a board, a monopoly board. board. And once you receive the, the token and you happen to match the uh, property on the board and you win something, right? So people are really crazy about that. I, I read a lot of articles. It seems like there were people even use actual cash just to buy the right token. And then there were a lot of fraud and scam for uh, the campaign, but, um, but it was a really successful campaign and McDonald's sold a lot of their food just because of this game. Yeah, so let's talk about millennials and Gen Z. Millennials, they are, they were born around uh, 1981 and 1996. And right now they are aged probably around um, 24 to 39 years old in 2020. And as for Gen Z right now, uh, they are aged around, they, they were born um, 1997 to 1990-2005. Uh, right now, they were probably around 15 to 23 years old in 2020. So you can see 24 to 29, 39, and, and 15 to 23. I would say millennials is kind of starting to dominate the working force, right? So right now, I for me, I am a millennials. I am, I just, past my birthday, so right now I'm 35 years old. Yeah, so I'm kind of the elders, like old part of millennials. Uh, yeah, so for me, um, uh, I just had my studio, Hummingbird State. I, I legalized my studio last year, and I feel refreshed, and all the people who work for me or who under my supervise uh, or who, who listen to me are Gen Z. So that's why I want to talk about Gen Z. They are a little bit different uh, from millennials because as for millennials, um, we, I, I listened to a lot of um, uh, webinars and it was like Gen, Gen, Gen X or some, someone like my mom's age, they were talking about millennials and they don't like it. They, I feel like all the presentation, it was more like targeting, uh, like why millennials never listen. They are multitasking and they couldn't take any pressure. They don't follow rules, da 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 da. And I feel like, wow, that's, I don't know. I, I didn't thought millennials is like that. I will, because I'm millennial, so I will say something nice, or I will kind of change the mindset about millennials. We are not that, and because of the whole environment, so we become like this, and we are adapting the future. So I would say that millennials, I would feel like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty spiritual, and they are pretty... Um, entrepreneurial and they are random and they are creative yeah and Gen Z Gen Z usually they are they were much younger and their parents some of their parents were millennials right so I would say their environment were not as good as millennials so they um, when I 
was working with Gen Z, usually they had to take a lot of part-time jobs uh, in order to finish their college because their parents couldn't afford it because their parents were millennials, we were spoiled. So we don't really care, we don't like to save, we just enjoy our experience. So that's why our Gen Z, they couldn't enjoy like the privileged life as us. So they are more entrepreneurial and they are native, dig, um, you know, they are digital natives. So yeah, so we will talk about that later. And they are more individualism compared to millennials. They are seeking for peers' approval. Yeah. So let's talk about millennials versus Gen Z. Okay. So um, they are all tech savvy and then they are more compared to Gen Z, uh, Gen X. Uh, yeah, they are more generation, more uh, self-centered, and they are they have entrepreneurial spirit, and they live in a shared economy. So they don't wanna own anything. They don't wanna own their like you see like there are a lot of fashion rental. You know, they don't wanna own their clothes. They don't want to own their cars. They don't want to buy a house. They just want to experience the world. Yeah, and uh, yeah, experience driven and social grouping. They are seeking for peer approval. They want to be cool and leading their own tribe. So that's the kind of like the trend in millennials and Gen Z. Okay, so tech savvy. So as for millennials, they came out during the popular popular design. Okay, so it's pretty much they were born in the internet era. So that's why when we were born, I remember the first email account that I set up was when I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was born and raised in Taiwan. So maybe that's a little late. But the first time that I kind of access to internet was when I was in high school. So yeah, so I like when I start to work, I've already had internet. I've already had computers. So that's why, yeah, I, I need to learn something, but it's not native for me, but I can catch up really fast. And a high level of self-worth. And yeah, so I think because some people said that the parents of millennials are helicopter parents because they've been suffered from their generation, like our parents have been suffer from their environment. They didn't uh, get an, a good environment for them to survive. So they, uh, when they have babies, like new young baby millennials, they will give them whatever they want and make sure they were happy and give them, yeah, a lot of stuff that no generation can give to them. So I would say that we are pretty spoiled. And then, so pretty much we are self-centered and we feel like we entitled a lot of things just because we are getting so much care, so much attention from our parents. Pretty much, I think um, uh, when I was in college, back in Taiwan, we only got three to four out of, I would say 15 people three to four people, they had to pay their tuitions on their own. The rest of us, I mean, my, my mom paid my tuition 
for tuition and I got like a like um ten k uh, like allowance, but it's in in Taiwanese dollar. Uh, I think ten k equivalent to probably one to two thousand dollars just for allowance when I was in college. So yeah, so I don't have to work part time. I can concentrate my studies. So pretty much, I would say I was pretty spoiled when I look back. Right now, I have to work. Yeah. So, but when I look back, I feel like yeah, right. That's why millennials becomes millennials because we feel like yeah. I mean, everyone treat us nice, and we didn't like throughout our like the teenage time and young adults time. We didn't really suffer. We haven't really suffered. So that's why that became us. We are open to adventures. We love risk because our parents is protecting us. So that's why we are kind of like love to push ourselves and see what we can do. And we, uh, when we work, we like to work at our heart. So that's that's the difference between、uh, millennials and different generations. And as for Gen Z,、uh, right now. I've been、uh, working with some Gen Zs, and I know, like, when I heard their situation, I feel like, wow, like it's not millennials,、uh, you know, like the, the 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 young adults' life. It's 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 not the same because Gen Z, as far as I know, they have to take a lot of part-time jobs in order to pay their tuition fee. So that's totally、uh, different. If you have to um, start um, um, kind of like working, you know, then they are more practical, right?、Um, I remember I was when I was、uh, like a few years ago, I was supervising a girl. She bought、uh, like iPhone iPhone ten when I was in iPhone six. And she dress up, and she need to take a lot of selfies. I think at that time she was twenty three years old. Yeah, like two years ago, and I was her manager. And she told me that she had to take a lot of jobs in order to pay her tuition fee. But she dress really fashionable. But when I asked her, like, "Oh, your purse is so expensive," and I don't know how you can pay that because I couldn't even buy that, you know, branded purse. And she told me like, oh, you know, I bought on secondhand. I bought on eBay, or I bought on other, you know, like cheap place. But the brand is good. And I asked her like, yeah, I I wouldn't really buy that. But she said that she has to dress up like that so she can、uh, get promoted later or something. I feel like wow, you like they they are thinking like entrepreneur. They are not not like millennials. For us, we kind of buy something that we like, but they are more like focusing on like oh, they 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 want to start thinking about their career. They want to think that they are more practical than millennials. So that's the the really different.、Uh, in Gen Z's life, they have to work. They have to so and since they. Were born in name,、uh, like in the digital era. For example, like iPhone four introduced in 2010, right?、Uh, kind of like before their teenage years. 
So um, I remember when I was in high school, my aunt wanted me to kind of take care of my niece. And during that time, he was five years old. And um, um, I, yeah, he was playing a game and I say, oh, I want to join you. And I, I think, oh, this is just a small game on iPad. I can totally uh, take over or like I can totally won over him. But unfortunately, I lost the game and my niece was five years old. Yeah, I feel ashamed because, you know, like even five years old kid, if you give, if you give um, uh, him a fall, he can pretty much figure out and understand all the functions. Compared to me, I was in high school, but when I got a fall, I still need take a long time to figure out what's the function. So they are pretty much born in digital era. So yeah, so that's the difference. I would say millennials, we are kind of like, we know the technology and we want to uh, kind of like uh, learn it and then master it. But Gen Z, they were born in digital era. So they, they just know how to do it naturally. Okay, and generation me. So they both have high self-esteem and they, both, they are bored, uh, both in the social media era. Uh, so they need to constantly check, take photos, and stay connected with each other through social media. And yeah, they, um, yeah, so people think like, oh, um, millennials and Gen Zs, they are more like high, ha having like high ego or like, oh, narcissistic traits. So yeah, but they, according to studies, they also have entrepreneurial spirited. So young workers reported to have an average of six different full-time employers by their late 20s, which means like by probably like 28 years old, they probably switched six different full-time jobs. Yeah, which probably scares most of the Gen Z people or some people they, they, um, they, they had like the previous working environment. For example, like my mom, my mom, she, um, she was, uh, she, she was a school teacher. She worked in an elementary school for uh, around, I would say, my mom worked for an elementary school for probably around 25 years. And uh, recently she retired. So she only got one job, yeah, for 25 years and retired. This, I would say this types of thing won't happen in our generation because right now you see because COVID, a lot of big uh, companies, they went bankruptcy, right? So yeah, so, and uh, a lot of uh, job opportunities, a lot of startups coming up. So it's so hard to stay in one job, full-time job for like over three to five years, I would say. So the working environment is changing. And then all the softwares becomes much easier to use. Mm -hmm. And then all the collaboration becomes much mm -hmm. easier. So people start 
you know, start their own business or switching their jobs really frequently. And uh, they are not satisfied and they don't believe that this job is secure. So as for Gen Z and millennials, they pretty much loves to, um, uh, they are not really satisfied with their current jobs and they want more. So they, they love to go back to school and relearn and come back. So um, as for millennials, um, uh, careers, it's more like a circle. They learn something and they go, they, they, they work and they find out something they break off and they come back to learn and they keep working and they come back to learn. So I would say their life is more like a circle rather than a linear. And then they love to do some side hustles. For example, like they love to express themselves. Some of them like travel and write blogs. Some of them probably sell something on eBay. So everyone has different interests and their parents support them to do something they really like. So they, they have a lot of entrepreneurial spirit and they love to start their own thing on the side. And uh, yeah, and share economy because they are more experience driven. So they love to do the share economy rather than um, kind of like owning their own thing. For example, like they can share cars, they love to share homes, um, for example, or like share their times. Uh, or they want to share clothes. Yeah, so they don't want to own things. They just want to experience stuff, their life. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much we all know that millennials, they travel a lot. Like my younger sister, she, every time when I check Facebook, she went to different countries. And then, yeah, she pretty much travel a lot of different countries, probably more than I. I travel... I think around nine countries before I came to America. Yeah, I went to a lot of different, uh, for example, like England, like France, a lot of different countries uh, during summer vacation because my mom want, wanted me to learn English. So I went to a lot of like summer camp in different countries, learn English. But unfortunately, I, I was hanging out with a lot of uh, Chinese friends. So that's why I feel like it's all about um, experience. So yeah, so my younger sister, when I check her Facebook, it's all like, I think every month, she went to different uh, countries. And I mean, at the beginning, I was pretty envy of her, because it's so cool. You know, we only have how many years to leave like 20, 30, 40, I don't know probably 40 years to leave and then she can experience so many different you know lifestyle which i think that's the core value of millennials they love enjoying the moment they don't believe like uh like they always told me that hey dom if you have if you become successful you have all the money you don't have time and you will end up going to hospital with a lot of money in your bank. So why not spend all while you are still young and healthy, right? So there are a lot of contradictive value sometimes inside my head when I work too hard, because there was 
I think a few months ago, I was pretty much work from 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. or 12 p.m. But 8 a.m. to probably 12 a.m. So it's pretty much the clock just like keep going. And I, I only eat when I remember to eat. I sleep when I feel tired. So these types of kind of like lifestyle was more like the old generation. Like, oh, I have to save. I have to work hard. But uh, when I talk with my friends, they all tell me that I have to enjoy the moment. I have to rest more. So yeah, so there are a lot of new concepts here. So I still don't know which one is the best for me, but I do whatever I think is the right time for me to do. So yeah, I'm pretty open. So yeah, and then um, they are seeking the purpose of life and they want to have a meaningful life. Yeah, so yeah, recently like my friend, they are um, kind of like looking for like more like meaningful life. So they kind of move to other cities and then um, they start having like um, really good meals and they start working out. So I think that's probably more like experience driven because we all want to uh, be healthy and we don't want to save something for the future. Yeah, so yeah, so that's kind of millennials. Okay, so yeah, and then social grouping. As for millennials, it's interesting that they are team oriented. They love to work as a team, while Gen Z, they love being individual. They don't want to do something as a team, as a group. Yeah, and then they, they don't like follow the instruction because the interesting things about managing Gen Z was that I remember two to three years ago, I was teaching uh, my uh, junior designer uh, doing Photoshop. At the beginning, you know, like usually we will say, okay, so, okay, so I do this, you follow me. And then I find out she couldn't follow my instruction. And then she always creates something, I would say really innovative out of her own way. So I really like the new sparkle because when I find something new, I can see, oh, actually we can tweak a little bit and make it better. So it's not only my ideas, but also her idea will be inputted, input. So that's why I think I really like Gen Z because they are practical and they like to get me some new ideas. They don't like to follow exactly the instruction and they don't have, like before we will say, oh, boss, manager, and workers, right? We have the linear thinking. But for them, they, they treat you like friends, right? I feel like this is, I, I really like that because I feel like I am not perfect. If someone told me that, yeah, there is something that can be input. And even though I got the position, but uh, our goal, the whole, our goal is to achieve the, you know, like the goal of the company and make the company even better. So if someone has new input, it's great. But as for, um, I would say more, you know, waterfall, that types of management, uh, people or people high up there might feel a little offended. 
if you give them suggestions. So I feel like millennials and Gen Zs, they work really well together because millennials are really open-minded. And then Gen Z, they, I would say they are more practical and they focus and because they didn't have a really good, you know, um, they are not spoiled. So they are, uh, they know what they are doing and they are resourceful. Um, you know, like um, when I train Gen Z, you know, because usually I remember when I learned Photoshop, it took me probably one year to learn, master it. But when I taught Gen Z Photoshop, she mastered it within probably one month. And she can do a really good, she can catch really fast. So I feel like Gen Z, they really know what to do and they can Google anything. And if you need any help, they can Google it and solve the problem. I would say, yeah, because before my education, I was, I, I need to memorize a lot of stuff, right? But right now, since all the, all the things that need to be memorized will be on Google, you can search on Google. So pretty much all you need to do is to find the answer, figure out the answer rather than memorize all the knowledges. So I really, yeah, so I feel like Gen Z, they, they develop their, their way to kind of not really memorize a lot of stuff, but how to find the answer, how to uh, solve the problem. I think, yeah, Gen Z did a really good, um, yeah. I, I really like Gen Z, by the way. Yeah, so uh, they share threads. They, they are always online. Yeah, so for example, when I work, um, my phone is always ringing or sometimes a lot of notification. I, have, I download a lot of apps and a lot of notifications. <clears throat> and then I have three, I have <clears throat> actually four monitors here. So one of them will be something that keep me awake. For example, like some, some um, for example, like ARVRA, they had a webinar event past three days. So I pretty much just run the webinar while I'm working on something. So, cause my job requires a lot of innovation. So when I see the webinar stuff and when I work, I will like, oh, yeah, this can be implemented to my project. So I usually take that uh, webinar stuff and kind of like, oh yeah, I see this graphic. This graphic can be applied to this app. So I kind of come up with a lot of ideas through like a lot of different informations display on my, on my, on my monitor. So I think that's, that's, that's type, kind of like multitasking, but we all stay connected and we are easily get influenced by all the influencers. For example, like, mm, yeah, like the, the tribe, for example, like my friend, she is running every day in the morning and she always posts a lot of like, you know, screenshot for how many miles she, she, she ran. So that's why I got influenced by her. And I start posting uh, every morning uh, how many miles I ran. So for example, I, I wake up at 6.30 and I start running uh, around seven to eight o'clock. Uh, and my first meeting will be 8.15. So it's kind of perfect. And 
when my friend posts something like, oh, I add yogurt and some strawberries. So I just order a big jar of yogurt and then uh, some strawberries because I love to be like her. I think she, she, she is healthy and uh, she is positive. So I'm changing myself. And then because I got influenced by my friends. So that's why I feel like because of the social power, um, yeah, millennials and Gen Z's, they are easily to get influenced by social media. Okay, so according to Dr. Stephen Ross, the motive and priority lead to personality. Okay, so yeah, after talking about the environment, uh, talking about uh, millennial and Gen Z's, I want to talk about some um, psychology, like introverts, extroverts, and later on we will dive into some game theories, gamification theories. So we can see there are two types of people. One is extroverts, uh, another one is introverts. I would say some, a lot of people, the majority of people are kind of like someone in between, right? But if you see someone who likes to talk, who feel energetic, when there's a party uh, who like surprise, who, who like public acknowledgement, who is team workers, they are more extrovert. An introvert, they like to be alone and they like to um, um, feel like, they like to write, uh, they, yeah. So they like to think, uh, those are more like introverts. So according to um, Dr. Steve Reese, you can see there are 16 basic desire theories. Oh, okay, so I think, oh, oh sorry. So this should be Maslow's. Sorry, I, I, I need to change the title, yeah. So this is Maslow, hierarchy of needs. So according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have a lot of different needs. For example, the first one is psychological needs, uh, safety needs, love and belonging, self-esteem and self-actualization. Those are really important for gamification. Later on, we will talk about some game technique and uh, some theories. Those are the motive uh, related to game. For example, like, um, um, yeah, so those are kind of like the basic needs for everybody. Start from basic to intermediate to top. Uh, so, for example, if we couldn't get, a, get, get water, get good sleep, if we don't feel safety, um, if we don't feel love and belonging, then it's hard for us to kind of build something on top. So this is kind of like a really basic pyramid that uh, kind of create why we are us and create the fundamental drive for everybody. And then, yeah, so let's talk about six, <clears throat> 16 basic desires. So Dr. Stephen Rees, he, he kind of invent or like he find out 16 basic desires for, for everybody. So uh, those 16 desires will be categorized whether you are weakly weak needed or average needed or strong needed but those 16 are kind of like the basic desires 
For example, the first one will be acceptance. So the need to be appreciated. Curiosity, the need to gain the knowledge. Eating, the need for food. Family, the need to take care of one's offsprings. Honor, the need to be faithful to customary values. Um, and then idealism, the need, to, for, uh, the need for social justice. Independence, the need to be distinct and self-reliant. Order, the need to, for prepare, established. Physical activity, the need for workout of the body. Power, the need of control of will. Romance, the need for mating or sex. Saving, the need to accumulate something. Social contact, the need for relationship with others. Social status, the need for social significance. Tranquility, the need to be secure and protected. Uh, vengeance, the need to strike back against, like a revenge. Okay, so, so everyone, um, there are 16 desires that everyone has. It's just the matter of you are weakly needed or you are strongly needed. So you can pretty much, yeah, I mean, during this time I was like, okay, so you can pretty much get a pen and paper, write down all your needs in each desire. And then you can see like, you, you can kind of lay like, uh, like in the middle, like the, those two lines those are average if you go back it's like you are lower than the average if you go right you are higher the average if you are inside the um the white line it means that you are still in the average so you can kind of measure who you are right for example acceptance um do you like to follow other people's opinion or are you really care about, do you really, do you care about what other people say about you? Do you want to be accepted by the society? Um, or like, yeah, so you can kind of like see who you are. And there's a book, which is very interesting. It's called Deliberate Fun. And uh, you can, and in this book, uh, if you finish this, kind of uh, self measurement, you can read this book and then you can see which game element applied to you. For example, like points, badges, leaderboards. If you go to points, um, points are really, will be really um, kind of like effect to the personality who view power really important. For example, like, uh, you see like those 16 uh, needs or 16 desires in human beings. If in the power section, your uh, bar is really strong, it means that this points, like the points technique might apply to you really good. And acceptance, because for example, like um, today I got 10 points, tomorrow I got another 10 points, which means that if someone who really wants to be accepted by the system and they, when they get more points, they feel like, yeah, I got more power and I got more accept, uh, accept by the system. So those people will be more prompt if, or like be more motivated if, 
they got more points. So, and then also older because points means a lot of different orders. And, and uh, if people who had strongly had those three traits, they would love to have, or if you have any points implement, uh, you will, um, those three people who got those traits will be really into the points system. Uh, another one is beige. Uh, savings, if you are strongly, you love to save things and you love status and you want to be accepted by the society. Beiges, this um, game technique is, is, is for you, right? It's, it's really good for you. And then as for leaderboard, if someone who um, loves status, who loves power, and who love vengeance. I mean, um, because for example, if you see someone before he or she was behind you, and right now he or she is, is, is better than you. For example, like uh, Nike Run or Nike Run Club or some other exercise apps. Uh, you add a bunch of your family and friends. And before you were, for example, I was, I was winning uh, my friend, but after a week, I find out she is doing much better than me. So I, I, I would feel like, oh shit, I don't want her to win over me. So I have to run even better, run even longer, run even faster to win her. So if you have this type of um, personality, leaderboard is really good technique to make you work even more. So yeah, so I think uh, those uh, 16 desires with, yeah, if you are interested, you can buy this book and I just received this book and I will kind of like uh, um, talk more about this book uh, on our next meetup. Yeah. Okay, the next one I wanna talk is octalysis. This map is, I would say Yu Kai Chu is a genius. He invent this whole octalysis frame. And then uh, he also has a book called Actionable Gamification. And I think, um, feel free, they, they have, uh, he has uh, audio, audio version of the book, audio book, and uh, you can buy it on Amazon. And I highly encourage you to buy it because um, I learned a lot of um, game skills and psychology through, uh, uh, in this book. So highly recommend. Okay, so in this book, he kind of map out um, all the game technique in one map, which I consider him a genius. And he's also Taiwanese as well. So yeah. He's super cool. And then, so <clears throat> you can see on top is meaning. What's meaning? In the game, right? Um, usually you go to like, for example, like Final Fantasy. You jump into a game, you are just a beginner, and suddenly you receive a, a mission that is much higher than you. For example, like you have to save the whole world, right? So uh, you got narratives and you become the hero, right? So if you want to make someone who is addicted to the game, you have to give them 
the meaning of the game, why the, the core, why you need to play this game. Because you are doing something much higher than yourself. So this becomes the person's drive to do things. So for example, like beginner's, line, uh, beginner's luck or like destiny child, you are born to save the world, something like that. So this will make the player want to play more because when he or she is playing the game, he or she feels like he's like, oh, I'm saving the whole world, right? So uh, we need to put meanings in the game. And empowerment, if we go like clockwise, empowerment. For example, like milestone locks, unlock, right? Real time. And uh, yeah, some boosters, uh, some, some pickers. Like it means like when you play the game, you feel you are more powerful than before. You got empowered, yes, during the game. So you will likely to be addicted to the game because you feel powerful each time. That's the positive one. On the top, if you cut this map, on the top it's called white hat technique, which means they use a lot of encouragement to encourage you to kind of um, doing a lot of game stuff. On the bottom side, it's called black hat um, technique, which means it's using fear and lose. A lot of sales technique using fear and lose. For example, like, oh, I'm selling you this, this cosmetics and uh, after three days, you won't be able to buy uh, like in this price anymore in, in the whole United States. So you have to buy it now. So this is using the um, scarcity or avoidance, this types of technique. So this is under, if you cut ownership and social influence down the map are more um, loose and loss and fear technique. So yeah. So yeah, the third one will be social influence. For example, you can friend yeah, you can add your friends and social treasure. What's social treasure? For example, like uh, you have to send your friend and invite in order to unlock the next, the next milestone or the next um, stuff. For example, like I remember in uh, Candy Crush, um, you need to wait. And like I would say you need to wait like 25 minutes uh, to play the next game, right? If you finish one game, you have to wait like 25 minutes, uh, 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 then you can play the next. Or you can send your friend or receive your friend's invitation to continue the game. Uh, when you receive something from your friends, something, then that's called social treasury. For example, like a referral program, right? So you receive some code from your friends, and you join another community for free or you unlock something for your friends uh, to give them back. So this is called social treasury. So this is kind of part of social influence. Yeah, so you can use a lot of, for example, like mentorship, um, like a lot of really, uh, like those types, types of technique will be uh, social influence. Uh, you can apply to uh, e-learning or um, 
marketing campaign or even uh, employee training section. So yeah, so those are the social influence and unpredictability. Unpre uh, unpre unpredictability. Okay, so this one is called like some fun element. For example, like yeah, um, yeah. For example, like Easter eggs or like Pokemon Go. You never know what's next. So those are unpredictabilities. So for example, like, uh, um, let me see. Yeah, Easter eggs, right? Some random rewards. Um, yeah, some, uh, some, so something that kind of like mini request that is not following the overall rules. Those are unpredictable. And avoidance, for example, like if you quit Facebook today, what will happen? You will lose all your friends' content, right? So those are kind of avoidance, like, oh, if I, I quit this game right now, everything I've already accumulated will lose. Yeah, so Facebook use this type of technique for you to keep using Facebook because all your friends, all your friends' status are there. If you quit, you will lose everything, all your memory. Yeah, Facebook is integrating uh, Facebook and memory. So sometimes I could see like, oh, as for today, five years ago, what I was doing, what, what my post was. So Facebook is creating those, you know, like the life, lifetime memory. So for you to keep using it, because if you don't using it, you will lose everything. So those are the avoidance. And scarcity, it means that um, like, oh, for example, like, oh, this is like the last three days sale. If you miss it, you won't have a chance to get it again. So yeah, so those are the uh, types of the, uh, like those, those techniques. Yeah, so for example, like a scarcity, you can see the, uh, yeah, a, a lot of different things like, oh, less, uh, less minute sales or something. If you don't, don't buy it, you won't have any second chance to do things like this again. And then ownership, for example, like avatar. When you see the game, you can customize the avatar. Uh, you can kind of like, mm, um, you, you feel like you own the avatar. And if you feel like you own it, you, uh, you will likely to put more time to, um, to take care of it. For example, there was a very interesting psychology uh, e experimental. For example, like someone uh, told uh, his colleague like, oh, I will give you, uh, like this beer is for you. And um, the colleague just say, no, I don't want a beer. And another colleague just put the beer next to um, his friends and say, okay, so yeah, uh, I just put next to you if you want to drink it or not, it's your choice. And then, so the person just sit next to the beer and like, after five minutes, someone just passed by and grabbed the beer, just drink it. And the colleague just feel like offense. Hey, this is my beer. 
why you drink it, you have to ask me for permission, right? But actually, yeah, so it's, it's a fun like a mentality that even though you don't want it, right? If someone take it, you still feel like, hey, it's mine. You have to ask my permission before you drink it. So avatar, if, if, if the user can customize avatar, and then if the user feels like they own this character, then they will take care of the avatar more than they don't feel like, oh, this game, like if you don't have avatar, then people just think, oh, this is just a normal game and after the game I leave. But if you have avatar, they want to do more for the avatar. So that's more for the ownership. Accomplishment, for example, like you, you give them status, points, badges, they feel like they accomplished something. People who love the progress, who love to see herself, himself or herself getting progress, those types of people, they love uh, the accomplishment. So in his book, he talked a lot about, yeah, like lab brain. For example, if you cut the whole chart into left side and right side, you can see the lab brain side it's more logic. Like for example, it's more, I would say, uh, extrinsic. And the right brain is more intrinsic. It's more something out of your inner thoughts. Like you want value, you are seeking for value. The motivation is from inner heart. And the left brain side is more extrinsic. It's more like, uh, for, for example, like accomplishment, ownership, uh, scarcity. Those are more like uh, outside environment. As for ex ex extrinsic, this types of uh, element, if you take it out, then the player will likely to bail out the game because without outside motivation. For example, without getting paid, without getting points, without getting anything from outside, um, they won't feel motivated. Uh, as for right right side, for example, like right brain side, it's more intrinsic. Uh, they, if the user feel empowerment, if they feel social got like social influence, if they feel like like Lego, uh, every time they play. They learn something new. They create something new. So it keep people kind of engaged a lot. Those, those parts are more um, intrinsic. So those belongs to right brain. So in the book, he had a lot of, maybe I enlarge. Uh, for example, like he said that Farmville, um, you can pretty much use this frame to put on any games and you can see like these games are more focusing on which part and if you find out the game is for more you know using the uh, extrinsic part like left brain side you can that you can define that without any gift without any accomplishment if the game take out those game technique user will not likely to play because you see like found fit found um 
they are lacking of unpredictability, right? And uh, it feels like they are more like outside driven. So yeah. So in his book, he had a lot. I think I saw it. It's, it seems like he has probably around a hundred examples. So you can purchase the book and see, like, learn more about it. And another example is Diablo. So you can see, like, in these games, uh, it's pretty, like, you know, spray pretty even. So it means that if they have extrinsic motivate motivation and uh, intrinsic motivation, um, if they are very balanced, it means that the game can make the player keep playing longer, right? So yeah, so you can kind of apply um, your gamification kind of like uh, like apply this frame to your game or to other existing game and kind of exam like what's your game look like and it's more lab brain extrinsic or intrinsic or how can you add other game mechanics to make it more balanced yeah so yeah highly recommend to buy this book or you can go to his blog um yeah um to kind of learn more about his thoughts. Yeah, okay. So gamification, the reason why gamification is so useful is because it's pretty much measurable. You can get um, uh, a lot of data, learners or like trainer, trainees, or like all the data while users or players playing the game. And then it's consistent. For example, like a game, you'll need to pass level one in order to get level two. And it's more scaffolding, like helping you from easy level to hard level. And it's consistent and similar to learning experience. And also you can get instant feedback. If you do something wrong or if you need any hint, you can get instant feedback. So yeah, so measurable. So for example, like you can uh, kind of improve yourself and then you, it will um, kind of like you can get all the feedback and data and then see what's the progress. For example, like using badges, level, score, daily reward, daily missions, progress bar, points, coins, social sharing, and leaderboards to kind of measure uh, what's the user, player, uh, what labels, uh, what accomplishment um, delay achieve? So it's measurable, and also it's consistent. For example, like um, yeah, uh, smartphones and a lot of um, I would say a lot of um, uh, stuff that like gamification. Um, it's like uh, you can, you can kind of keep consistently track uh, the whole progress. So yeah, so it is easy to see like the big pictures um, um, breaks down into by size and being achieved uh, systematically by the progress bar. So yeah, a lot of uh, right now, a lot of management uh, systems, for example, like Asana or yeah, you can see like once you accomplished one task, 
the progress bar will move a little bit more. So yeah, so that's applying gamification. So um, people can see like, oh, where you are and how many minutes you spend. So it's really easy to use gamification elements to implement to um, our current software or current program. Instant, yeah, so through gamification, you can, everyone can get instant feedback, whether they did something right or wrong. Uh, it's kind of the, it can measure the performance and let people know how to improve their, their task next time. So yeah, so um, it can kind of give you instant feedback rather than wait until you couldn't solve it and people will bail out. So pretty much gamification is like you, you learn something and you get feedback and you keep working and you get feedback and from the easy to hard level, um, people can slowly uh, getting better and kind of um, getting instant feedback and perform better. So, yeah, so let's talk about COVID. Yeah, right now we are in the new normal. Yeah, so this, um, this new normal will least at, last at least two to four years. So, yeah, so everything just changed right now. And then a lot of companies such as Google, Twitter, they consider um, they can let the employees work from home kind of forever and see whether they want to come back or not, but it's open for them to uh, start enjoy their life, working life from home. Yeah, so those are the changes. Uh, yeah, um, everyone spending their money more conservatively. Yeah, since all the business closed and right now, 40 million people got laid off and we got a lot of remote workers. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, but a lot of online uh, companies, they are kind of going really well, like Netflix. Yeah, before I didn't subscribe, I unsubscribed my Netflix for three years. Right now I resubscribe because every day I couldn't go out, I couldn't do anything. So yeah, the best thing is to watch Netflix of when I, at night. And then Amazon, right now everyone is buying everything on Amazon. So Amazon is flourish, right? Yeah, so there are a lot of digital opportunities. For example, first one is to improve uh, e-commerce uh, website, your, your website or social media content. Uh, as far as I know, there are a lot of great designers, they are looking for projects or jobs. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so this is a good time to hire them to kind of improve the digital experience for, um, for, for, for your e-commerce website or your social content. And then integrate elements, um, gamification to your brain. Yeah, just like previously we said that gamification um, it can, it has a lot of benefits. And if you know more about it, it can definitely increase your sales and increase the engagement uh, of your, uh, for your brand, uh, for your users. So yeah, so definitely uh, learn more about gamification and make your brand 
fun, innovative, and then um, fits to the tar the new target audience, millennials and Gen Z. And then another another level uh, is that once you find out the gamification elements, you can kind of explore the new media for the new solutions such as AR, VR. So you can see like IKEA, um, uh, you can download IKEA AR and play around about it. It's really interesting. You can grab um, a furniture, place in reality and buy it right in the app. I think you have to click and go to their website and buy it. But I think if they can integrate with in-app purchase, that would be great. Um, and as for gamification, you can see Starbucks. Before, before quarantine, I was accumulate a lot of stars. And I even in exchange a lot of really cool, you know, limited uh, uh, kind of um, the, the cups and then a lot of really stylish um, Starbucks stuff. So yeah, I love this rewarding program and they did uh, really well. Okay, so that's today's presentation and this is Q&A time. Feel free to contact me. Yeah, any questions? Yeah, feel free to ask me. Uh, there's one more element for uh, the younger generation in uh, gamification. Mm -hmm. uh, years ago, games used to be longer, have slower moves and whatnot. Uh, now they have to be much more rapid because the attention span. Oh, yeah, right. Better. Yeah, right. Uh, I think the attention span of goldfish is nine seconds, but Manenio's attention span is seven seconds. We are worse than a goldfish. Yeah, you are right. So like small games. So that's why uh, Snapchat, they are start working on the small games. So all the Gen Z, you know, young people, they are crazy about Snapchat because, you know, there are a lot of small games. And those small games, I think it's probably, I would say probably really short, probably five to 10 seconds. And it's fun and lead them to the, to the purchasing page. Yeah, so Snapchat, they are doing a lot of small games right now. AR small games. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Dominique, um, do the, the various, in various industries, the kinds of uh, events like uh, virtual concerts, virtual fashion shows, uh, all of these things that are becoming virtualized due to COVID, do you have any thoughts on uh, how can a live VR music concert be gamified? Uh, how can a live VR fashion show uh, be gamified? Do you think that there will become standards for these kind of events in terms of how they get gamified? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you, you see like right now Burning Man. Burning Man is going to VR, right? And then Burning Man, who's the user? Who's the target audience? Millennials and Gen Z, right? So definitely, and you see like um, Oculus uh, 2, right? Um, like, yeah, Quest, Quest 2 uh, just launched and it's really cheap and, you know, like it's the best. So I definitely think um, 
uh, fashion shows, a lot of stuff, even sports. Right now, I think people want to watch sports, right? But not many sports games are playing right now due to COVID. So those events, even fashion shows, I, I read an article, I saw one fashion show, they are hosting in forest. Yeah, because due to COVID, you cannot really host in, you know, in um, a, you know, closed uh, indoor place. I think host in forest is pretty cool. So definitely, and uh, before, I think a year ago, my friend was working on another kind of like crowdfunding projects for fashion show. It's more like doing some interface for people to kind of like change the color or textures of uh, kind of like the clothes. So for example, like uh, in the, uh, and you know, in Japan, they have virtual bands, right? So you can kind of watch virtual, um, vir vir virtual live concerts. And then right now, I think in Hollywood, they have, or like in other, I don't know, VFX, VFX uh, uh, kind of studios, they have a lot of virtual pr pr uh, like production studios, right? So pretty much you use kind of like the, I would say different screens and they apply to VFX or backgrounds right behind the, the background. So yeah, so I would say this will definitely be a trend. If COVID, we couldn't find a cure for COVID, this will be like go even faster, right? So did yeah. Hear, did you hear of uh, fan controlled football in fan? regarding sports? Yeah. What's that? What's that? Uh, the FCF, it's going to be a league, I believe. I just read one article about it. I think they're going to play some games in February. And uh, the cra uh, it's crowd control uh, coaching of uh, real human players. Oh, yeah. Fan-controlled con fan football, FCF. That's really cool. Yeah, so, for example, like, how, how, how can this happen? Because... Uh, if they all wear motion capture suit and they have something that capture their... Oh, I think the, fa the fans will simply call the plays oh. in some kind of crowdsourcing scheme and then the real players will run the plays. I'm not a football expert, so that's about... <laughs> Me too. I, I am not the expert. But Dan, yeah, I mean, it's cool. cool. Dan, what you're talking about is mixed reality. Uh, which is a combination of real life and uh, VR. Yes, of course. VR. Uh, the military has been working with that. Uh, they're uh, the new uh, kinds of uh, Microsoft 2 Plus smart glasses. Um, they bought $400 million worth of them for the Army, and they're going to be uh, using a lot of that with live and, uh, let's call it XR interaction. So that's a, a big deal. For the music concerts that you were uh, talking about, people have been trying to do that a long time. Uh, it's uh, to get somebody to pay 50 or 100 bucks for a concert, uh, it can't just be like a video. What's missing still is the, uh, is the impression, the feeling of a crowd, of having people around you. 
Uh, what's missing there is the technology for avatar support. In Oculus, like uh, Dom was talking about, Oculus, they have rooms. You can get a bunch of um, avatars of other people around you and uh, have friends and, and some community, but the avatars are still kind of primitive. They don't look like people. They're just starting to do easy facial capture with a cell phone uh, where um, you can live uh, do uh, mouth movements and such where it's believable that you've got real people around you. You know, we're social monkeys. We need to have a social feeling and for that, the, um, uh, you need more avatars, and that's a technology problem that will be helped when we get to uh, uh, 4K and 8K resolution, uh, for which you pretty much need um, 5G. In fact, that's uh, one of the uh, big uh, uh, drivers for the new 5G standard. I work with the FCC for the 5G standard to be able to do a large game virtual worlds uh, like you're talking about. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I think virtual, um, virtual world is really open another, I would say another opportunity for us. For example, like uh, right now I live in Santa Monica, but you see, we are all from different locations right and at this mo at this time all we need to do is to open the app so this can be you know anytime anywhere and can be recorded so i feel like yeah i mean this is the time that everyone is exploring uh the digital possibility and especially ar and vr um just um i remember a few days a, a few weeks ago we had another speaker uh, he was talking about AR can enhance the retention, uh, the, uh, the satisfaction of the customer. For example, like if customers, they can try, for example, a ring or a shoe, right? They can try it in reality. And then later on, they purchase the, the returning rate, the returning product rate was reduced 50% if the, um, the company kind of integrate with AR technology. People want to see it, but they cannot go anywhere, right? For example, like a lot of cosmetics try on stores, for example, like Sephora on Third Street. Uh, I think every, every shop was closed uh, in third, on Third Street in Santa Monica right now. So how, if, if I want to buy a lipsticks, right? What can I do if we can use like AR technology? We can pretty much apply and see, oh, this color fits on me or not. And if uh, the company or the cosmetics company integrate with this technology, then the customer will less likely to return because they've already tried it, virtually tried it. Even though I got a lot of um, kind of like people's feedback that, oh, you know, because a lot of cosmetics you need to put on your face and feel it, right? See whether it will be sensitive to your skin or not. They wanna feel it before purchasing it. But right now, the best solution is gone. We cannot go anywhere. And we don't wanna share, you know, lipsticks with other people because you might get COVID. 
through the lipsticks, right? So yeah, so I think virtual test or virtual try on is probably the best solution for during COVID. So I think fashion show is definitely a really good, a good, really good um, kind of like um, industry or really good industry to explore the gamification and also AR and VR for it. Yeah. Any questions? One uh, quickie uh, uh, comment, uh, Mordeth. There is, as uh, Don said, there's a lot of new opportunity, uh, such as with cosmetics. Uh, L'Oreal, you know, O R E A L, is doing that uh, AR uh, kind of thing that you mentioned. That you mentioned, where you can put on lipstick and hair color and whatnot, and as you turn your head and and so on, it it stays on you can try different shades they've had fabulous success with it and for vr uh, walmart is training a million employees with um, oculus go headset seventeen thousand of them a million employees they tried it for two years and they said the uh, employees loved it because it turned learning into a game it has lots of gamification of the kind that uh, Dominique is talking about. That's a million employees for Walmart. And they said not only are they saving training costs, but the employees love it. Yeah, and as for Walmart, there's uh, another game on Walmart. It's like a Sims game. It's called Spark City. If you, if you go to your app store and you type Spark City or like Walmart Spark City, and you can see like, it's really interesting that gamify the whole system. Um, yeah, um, let me see whether I can, I can find it. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting. If you are, uh, if you want to learn more about it, Spark City, Spark City, let me see. Spark City, Walmart. Okay, so more videos. Okay, so maybe let's see. Okay, share the sound. Okay, so this is Spark City. <laughs> Walmart, they make a game for uh, their employees or someone who wants to um, kind of enjoy being a Walmart employee. <laughs> yeah, this is like, if you want to be a Walmart employee for one day, this will be yeah, yeah. For example, you are stocking, and you are filling out stuff, and then you need to kind of if customer need you to help, and you need to clean up the floor, and you get points, and this is your daily routine. Yeah, and you can see all the all the stuff. It's really interesting how Walmart make the daily test. Uh, like this, and you can customize your avatar. 
<laughs> yeah, and later on you can level up from normal employee to manager. Yeah, yeah, if you work hard. <laughs> so yeah. So this really increase, like for example, if they want to kind of uh, training their um, employees. I think this is a really good way. Just make the whole system like a game, and people kind of play it, and they learn by playing. So I think Walmart is really smart, and I play another Walmart AR game. It's really smart too. Like, <laughs> I don't know why Walmart is like really fun. Um, you open it. I think last last Christmas or last last Christmas, you open it, and there are like two. It, uh, on an ending page, it's two buttons. Uh, first one is in-store. You can get in-store experience or you, you are not in-store. You can get the experience. And when you click, like I was not uh, at Walmart, in Walmart, so that's why I hit like I'm not at store. So when I click it, I need to choose different brands because there are a lot of different small games. Uh, you can interact. Uh, you can interact with those brands, and I choose a cookie. And when I click that cookie, and I find out because I remember the the branding lucky animal was a tiger. So pretty much, I need to throw uh, a snowball to that tiger. And uh, you know, when I open the app, there are a lot of you know trees, snows, and I have to throw it. Once I finished throwing it, I got, I think I got a coupon or something and I took a photo with that tiger. So I think that's a really smart game for me to play just like five seconds, but I pretty much interact with the tiger and I had fun and I share on my social media because it's a rare experience and I got a coupon and I want to buy stuff. So I think this is a really smart um, campaign for yeah, one of their um, um, uh, like Christmas sales. So that, that that was really fun. Yeah. Okay. So any questions or anything you want to share? Okay. Anyone? Yeah. Grace, do you have anything you want to ask or? Oh, I come personally. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Hi. Yeah, Grace was my art center friend. And I invite <laughs> her to, to join it because she is interested in learning yeah, some 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 cool stuff. Yeah, okay, so yeah, it's like really fascinating. I mean it's really fun and um I think, yeah, I've learned a lot today um, about the new generation and my generation and about AR. I think we are the same generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so nice seeing you and um, hearing all this stuff. Like, um, your presentation was amazing and it was really beneficial for me to like awake what's out there um, besides just traditional, you know, just um, branding or packaging or other um, many marketing materials that I have worked on. So I kind of wanted to switch my career gear 
more towards um, um, emerging media. So how do you suggest for me to kind of build up the portfolio or the experience? Uh, yeah, the first time I, 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 I use, I, I try my first VR headset back in 2015, I would say five years ago. And I love the, I, I remember there was Samsung Gear VR and I love the feeling that, yeah, I am in another environment and all my behavior change. I think that was a meditation app. It was a 360 video. It's not like, you know, the actual, you know, right now everything becomes so fancy, but it was a 360 video. But I feel like, wow, the music was so good. And I feel my mind was changing just Mm -hmm. because of that. So that's why I was thinking about how can I start doing more, uh, more emerging technology or AR, VR related stuff. So first I start buying a lot of books. AR, VR books, I start reading. For example, like I highly recommend you to buy some books from like Charlie Fink's books. I got three of his books. The first one is called Metaverse. Yeah, actually, let me bring those books. By the way, this is Chris Chris Bird book. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna learn more about COVID situation and new uh, business normal or how how to survive, um, feel free to buy it. Uh, it's called the Road Ahead. Yeah, I I learned a lot from it, and I even buy like vitamin D. And every day I'm eating vitamin D, and I feel like healthy. Right now, I don't know in the future, but right now I feel healthy. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so the first one is called Metaverse. Oh, okay, I have to close the, the virtual background. Uh, preference. Uh, appearance. Yeah, first one is called, eh? how can I do this? Um, virtual background. Let me close it. Yeah, I know. Okay, so this is the first book called Metaverse. Yeah, you can buy it. I think on Amazon. Yeah, his first book. It's really, really good. And uh, he he kind of start with, you know, caveman. Like VR, where did VR go? Like, like what's the history of VR? Because, you know, in historic time, um, our ancestors loved to draw a lot of animals in the cave, right? And they worship, like I think it's in France or somewhere, and they kind of worship inside the cave. So this is the first immersive experience for VR. And later on, you see cathedrals, right? People go to cathedrals because you see the environment is changed, right? For example, like I, I would say, if we pray right now in Zoom together, 
right now, I mean, 30 minutes later, my Amazon will come or my, my deliver will come. I will go out. So I, I won't feel, you know, that, that, that feeling I want to worship God in my room, right? So if you go to cathedrals, you can see the art and the you, uh, cathedral will kind of make you immerse yourself into something that is higher than you, like God. And you immediately get in a really immersive environment and you worship God, right? So that's the second like historical move, uh, the second era that people kind of, like the VR experience. And the third one will be um, movie theater, right? We go to movie theater compared to right now we watch Netflix on our laptop, right? Movie theaters, you immerse yourself in the movie theater. So that's another immersive experience. I mean, um, like, and then, yeah, so um, right now people are trying to recreate that types of immersive experience using different technology. So I would say VR starts uh, in the historic time, prehistoric time, right? Like cavemen, we kind of draw stuff in the cave, right? So it's just like the uh, immersion or like immersive experience is the same. It's just the technology is different, but people are trying to recreate those experience. So like mixed reality, the first mixed reality was happened in a stage. People were trying to use Miro to create ghosts on the stage in the theater. So that's the first time that people are trying to create something that is not there, but you can see there. So it's kind of like a mixed reality experience. So we are like the concept is the same. It's just the technology is different. So yeah, so so I think I highly recommend Charlie Fink's book. First one is Metaverse. Second one is Converge. Yeah, Converge. Charlie Fink's Convert Con Convergence. Yeah, and the third one is Remote Collaboration. He just released this main, I think, collaboration. Yeah, so I think those three books. And then, yeah, and then you can, uh, um, yeah, and then what I would suggest maybe uh, start reading those and start posting on social media. Kind of like if you learn something and you absorb and you kind of help back the society, that would be great. Because like uh, people who love your post will be attracted and you can get a lot of um, feedback from your tribe. So I think po constantly post on your social media uh, will be a really good idea. At the beginning, I did the five minutes show um, on LinkedIn and I got a lot of people who kind of watch my show and I start doing more and more. And later on, I learned self-taught unity because I, I don't want to just talk. I want to doing actual stuff. So I learned Unity, I learned 3D modeling, and I learned, um, I learned C Sharp. So yeah, and I create my first game. I think last, oh, I think around this June, I just launched my first iOS game. 
I mean, it was, I mean, it was just an amateur game. But later on, I want to create something even cooler. And then I'm keeping posting、uh, stuff on social media. I think right now, because、uh, I know a lot of people, they are afraid of their ideas are being exposed on social media, and people will steal it. But I would say, if you keep working on it, nobody can actually steal anything from you. And the more people learn from you, the more people want to learn more about it. So even though you you see like. To be honest with you, sometimes when I see like Charlie Fink's、um, post, I pretty much think that hey, you pretty much post if I follow your four Bs or your writing, I pretty much know everything you are going to write or your next move. But I love to kind of join his like workshop and I love to buy his book, just because I don't know. I feel like yeah, he contributes to the society a lot, and I love to be part of his community. So that's why, and even you see, like Ellen Smith and Julie Smith, and I think they got they they interview a lot of people in the industry, and then I listen to their podcast and learn a lot from them. And、uh, yeah, I yeah, I I mean, I feel like this is kind of a community. If you share a lot to people, you learn a lot, and you give back, and you kind of learn more. And give back. So I think this is a really good, yeah, stuff. So just learn stuff, learn a little bit, and share, and learn, and don't be afraid of like sharing. Because some people they want to make everything perfect, but if you see my stuff, nothing is perfect. If you see my video, it's really rough. So share, and then keep sharing, keep learning, and you will grow. Yeah. Yeah. And keep track of、uh, Dominic.、Uh, if、uh, Grace, if you want to、uh, get an example of what jobs there are in、uh, virtual reality,、uh, check out a website of Striver, S T R I, and then V R. So S T like in Tom R I, and then V R like virtual reality. That's the dot、uh, com. That's the company that's doing、uh, all the games for Walmart.、Uh, they're also doing training games for NFL football teams. You were mentioning football before, and a whole bunch of others. They're making money. It's a really successful、uh, company. But on their website, they'll give you some good samples of what is、uh, selling in uh, uh, what's making money in immersive technology. Mm, yeah, really helpful. Yeah. And for for my book,、uh, it's、uh, the road ahead, and put in my last name on、um, Amazon. There's one other book called The Road Ahead, not by me. So the road ahead, and either COVID or my last name, will get you to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think Bill Gates have the same name. <laughs> it's Bill Gates. Yeah, another one. Wow, that's great. That's great. <laughs> Same name as Bill Gates. Yeah. Slightly different. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Any questions or anything want to share? Yeah. And Grace, well,、uh, if you wanna kind of join、uh, a community. I have a Discord, 
let me uh, share with you the Discord. Um, right now, today, we have, like, as far as today, we have 106, 106 uh, people in the community. So if you are interested in joining our Discord, I just put on chat. Yeah, you can post questions. I think people from, like, their background are different. And some people, they are really advanced. Some people, they are kind of like wanna learn. So yeah, if you have any XR questions, feel free to post it. I believe someone who knows the answer will answer you. Yeah. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, any questions? Cool, okay, so thank you for joining our meeting and um, hopefully see you next time. Next time I have to prepare more and there will be more examples. Yeah, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. See you, bye-bye.